Hi, Preston. Good to have you on the show. Appreciate it, man. Ooh, ooh, Let's go. <laughs> so um, could you please tell everyone uh, what you do and so on and so forth? Uh, what I do, what I do, I do a lot. I'll say this. Uh, I'll explain it this way. I am uh, a messenger of love sent here to remind us all of the one truth, which is love is all there is, was, and ever will be. How that manifests itself is through um, transformational workshops, uh, coaching people. I, I'm considered a personal freedom coach. Uh, I also help coaches build businesses that are sustainable. I uh, write books. I have two books by Simon & Schuster, one of the biggest publishers in the world. Uh, my, the, my first book is called Love Louder, 33 Ways to Amplify Your Life. Um, and everything I do is in the name of love. So that's, that's, that's the most important piece, right? The, the, the purpose of being human on this planet, in my opinion, is to reflect and reveal the cosmos, to reflect and reveal God's love. And, uh, everything else is extra. Everything else is a mission, uh, but we only have one purpose. So um, before we get into that, could you please share with us the story behind, like, how did you get involved into, like, um, self-development and all those things that you are teaching nowadays? Yeah, man. I was uh, 25 years old, actually, um, and I had just gotten uh, – back from living in Louisiana where I was, I was going to college. I, I went to college uh, and I got my master's degree in theater arts. And so I was coming to LA to be an actor and to make it big in Hollywood. And within the first couple of months, I started feeling these heart palpitations. Like my heart was doing these weird things. And I knew enough to know that I should probably go see a doctor. Uh, even though I hadn't seen a doctor in like seven years. And so um, eventually it got bad enough where I went. And the moment I got there and she checked me out, she said, you need to go see a cardiologist right now. I was like, right now? And she's like, right now. This is almost an emergency. So I go and uh, I'm sitting in this office and I'm waiting for this heart doctor. And there's all these like 60 and 70-year-old people all around. And then me, this 25-year-old kid. And so I started to get a little nervous and uh, I went and saw him and he ran some tests and he told me to come back uh, in a few days. And I came back and essentially he asked me two questions that changed my life forever. And, and you know, powerful questions often lead to powerful answers. The first question he asked me um, was, uh, what is your diet like? And I said, oh man, I eat food. And he said, what do you mean by food? Tell me about food. And I said, well, I, I eat McDonald's, I eat Burger King. I, uh, you know, I drink beer. I smoke weed. Um, you know. <laughs> Were you like very overweight or? No, no. I look no? Okay. kind of how I look right now. Um, <laughs> and, and he said, young man, that's not food. And I said, what are you talking about? It's not food. It's, it's on the commercials. It's food. It's, it's what everybody <laughs> it's else eats. You know, it's like. <laughs> Um, and he said, you know, as a, as a doctor, as a doctor, I'm supposed to give you these pills that you'll take for the rest of your life to regulate your heartbeat. But as a father and a concerned citizen, I suggest you look into that. 
And so the second question he asked me was, what are your stress levels like? And at the time, I, I just, I, I couldn't, I mean, I was 25. I don't know about you, but I didn't, I couldn't even spell stress at 25. I didn't even understand what that meant. <laughs> and funny enough, he, he asked me to ex sort of break down some of my life. And it was the first time anybody had really asked me to explain what had been going on. And Sorry I said, well, up, but, but what did you do at this point? Like, were you studying or? Uh, at this point, I was working with my shirt off and Abercrombie and Fitch. I don't know if you guys have that yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, but, we, we uh, have it. <laughs> I was that dude in the front of Abercrombie with his shirt nice. off, all muscly <laughs> and like I had like like uh, baby oil all over me and stuff like that. Um, so I was modeling and acting and working at Abercrombie. And uh, he asked me to, to describe some of my life. And, and I said, well, you know, all my life I've been trying to make it as an actor. So my dad doesn't overdose on drugs. And he was like, okay, tell me more. And I said, well, you know, we've had a few scares and a few moments and things have come up. And so I just feel this overwhelming pressure to hurry up and make it. And he said, how long have you felt like this? And I said, since I was 13, when I found out he was smoking crack cocaine from some of the boys at my school. And uh, he said, young man, you're, you're highly stressed out. And while the medical system will tell us to give you these pills and things of this nature, the reality is, is that stress and the way you're eating is killing you. And so you have a choice, take these pills or look into it. And uh, I took the pills for, I think, five days. And um, my girlfriend at the time, her mom heard about all of this. And she said, hey, you know, Preston, I know you don't read because you're dyslexic. But I got this book by Jerry and Esther Hicks called Ask and It Is Given. And I think that it would change you and help you understand what's happening. And I was so desperate. I was so scared because I didn't want to die that I took the book from it. So was it like so bad that you were afraid of dying? So it was like very, very serious, uh, your condition back then. It was bad enough because okay. the thing is, is that my grandmother and many people in my family died from heart failure. So it wasn't like this was it wasn't like this was just out of the blue. It it ran in my family, um, God. and and literally my heart would go like a hundred miles per hour, and then it would go really slow, really slow. And so, um, so I took the book, and I I remember opening. I don't know if you ever had one of these moments, but I remember opening it, and I read the first two pages, and it said, "Your thoughts become things." and you create your own reality. And that right now in 2020, no big deal. But that in 2006 <laughs> was a huge deal, right? And so for me, I, I'd never heard that. There was no, none of this stuff existed back then. And so I literally dropped the book and I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, <laughs> Changed me forever. And so a few months later, The Secret uh, came out um, and a bunch of stuff just started showing up in my space. And eventually uh, I stopped eating chicken and eggs and I became uh, somewhat of an angry vegan. And I became that guy that just... You're still <laughs> vegan? No, not now. I was. <laughs> How come? <laughs> um, 
I've been on safari in Africa many times. I spent a lot of time in nature, and I you're, recognize. Uh, you're, you're from Africa, or are you American? Uh, I'm American, but of course I'm Afro amazing. Uh, yeah. uh, I'm I'm a, I'm a unique emanation of God, is what I am. Um, but if we're talking about my bloodline, yeah, Nigerian. Okay, uh, okay, got it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, but I've I've been, you know, to Tanzania and Uganda and all over oh. many times. And also in Kenya, I'm from Kenya, like half Kenyan. Are you? No, I've never been there. I've never been there, man. But that's on the list. <laughs> but but yeah, I've you know I recognize that the, that there's a cycle of life, and um, you know. Our ancestors, everybody's ancestors in East, East Africa, had particular diets that, you know, helped them be strong and fast and clear. And there's a dance between the hunter and the hunted. And when I really pull far enough back and the, and the deeper I go into my own spirituality, the more I, the less I believe in there being an opposite to the thing called life. Like, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't believe there is an opposite to life. There is only life. Now, life transmutes, right? I was telling my friends this, and this may gross you out, but um, I got a bunch of kids. Um, and the other day I was um, playing with my son, and I saw this booger in the covers. And I was like, oh, this is one of his boogers. So I picked his booger up, and it was hard, but it was big. And I picked it up and I started to walk it over to the uh, trash can and it like crumbled in my hands and fell into the carpet. And I was like, okay. But the reality is, is, did that booger die? Did it go away? No, it's just transmuting. It's changing, it's shifting, right? It's, uh, we can't see electricity and yet we believe in it. We, we know that it exists. And so my understanding, even and my dad passed away last year is that oh, any because my dad is not attached to the skin suit anymore anytime i say preston which is his name he appears anytime i think about him he he can quantumly jump wherever he wants because he's not mm -hmm. um bound by the skin suit so my dad is transmuted he has left the, the what we deem to be life and and chosen even more life if that makes any sense and so that's yeah. how i that's how I feel about um, diet as well. I, I eat organic and I am very conscious about the gift that any life, quote unquote, life that's been given to me, that it's just transmuting. And now those things, anything I eat becomes me. We, we merge right? and yeah, now we play together. I, 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 I totally get where you're coming from. Like I was also vegan for a couple of years, but um, like, I, I had the epiphany and a lot of people will disagree with me on this, that we have been eating for meat for thousands of years. So mm -hmm. I think just from a health perspective, we probably should be eating meat. And um, I'm not eating like a, a kilo of meat like every day or something. Like mm -hmm. I, I also buy like free range organic meat and I try mm -hmm. to eat um, as uh, as little meat as possible. and. Mm -hmm. um, but 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 I, I think like the biggest I totally get where where the whole vegan community is coming from. Like mm -hmm. I 
think like how we are treating animals, like people yes. in, in a few hundred years will look back on this and will say that this is like worse than slavery. So, um, yeah. Thousand percent. I completely agree. It's it's definitely not okay the way that uh, our animals are being treated, and it's also not okay how our humans are being treated. Mm. Uh, the, yeah. there, there's a lot of work to do. It's not okay the way that our plants are being treated. You know, plants have consciousness as well. Everything has consciousness, um, and so you know we why burn do you down. Think that? Why do I think that? Mm-hmm. Because I've been high enough on mushrooms and ayahuasca <laughs> to know. To... <laughs> Fair enough, I would say. Yes, yes. Uh, I because, can't comment on that. <laughs> because quantum physics. Because uh, <laughs> there's a million reasons why I think that. But everything has consciousness. Everything has um, a soul to it. Everything. It's all intended here. So, uh, Preston, we got a little bit sidetracked here. So, um, could you please share with us, like, like fast forward? So, um, you were like reading all the books, and mm -hmm. then you suddenly had the epiphany. Okay, I want to make a career out of this. And um, then what happened? So, um, yeah, could you please give us like, 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 like the short version of that, mm -hmm. and um, please tell us like what are the things that fascinate you the most nowadays? Yeah, so uh, I was reading all the books and then sort of waking myself up and I began to juice and be I became an angry vegan. I denounced <laughs> my my religion um, and just began to just find out who I really was. And in doing so, my light, right? And, and not that the light wasn't always there, but let's just say that more of my light was shining. And because of that, people would flock from all over in Hollywood and they'd say, yo, P is like a black Buddha. Like, you ever got some problems? You ever got some problems? You go to P, he got you, right? And I was coaching for free. Cool. And, and then I was asked to do all these talks at high schools and stuff like that. And, and then at one point, the Columbine school shooting happened. And... Um, I decided to stop talking about gathering people and I, I, I created something called the love mob. Um, and so uh, that, the first love mob we did, which is organized acts of love, is like a giant flash mob for love. The first one we did had about 800 people. The next one we did had about... That's yep. a big number, I would yep. say. You can find it on YouTube. Type in love mob Preston Smiles, you'll see. Um, and uh, the next one, about the same, the next one, even bigger. And then it just kept growing. And then Michael Beckwith and Marion Williamson and all these people kept coming and saying, hey, young man, what you're doing is powerful. And I was thrust into leadership without actually even, it wasn't like I tried to become popular. I cared so much about humanity and about what was happening and about put, bringing people together in the name of love that I became popular and and people wanted to work with me and so, so i ended up like accidental for sure for sure <laughs> cool yeah yep and then and then at some point i realized that i needed to take this on full time and i got a book deal with simon and schuster i didn't even try that either 
it came to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, w w what fascinates you the most nowadays, person? So, I think um, everyone who's listening to this would love to hear about that. Like, um, any any ideas that you are often thinking about, concepts that you think are very important and that you mm -hmm. usually don't talk about. So, um, share with us a few things that um, fascinate you the most nowadays. Or maybe, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So I'll say this. Um, there's a quote um, from the Gospel of Thomas, and the quote is, if you bring forth what is within you, what you bring forth will save you. If you do not bring forth what is within you, what you do not bring forth will destroy you. Now, that has just been sitting in my space because it, 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 it has so many layers and levels to it. All of, for us. all of us have medicine on our heart that only we can give to the planet. And it's, it's, it's levels and layers to what that gift is. And it's instantaneous. Yes, it will destroy you over time and it will also destroy you in the moment. Like Shakespeare says, a coward lives a thousand deaths. I've had that moment many times where something said, speak, and I didn't. Something said, say that, and I didn't. Something said, go hug that person, and I didn't. Hmm. And so I'm going to read the quote again. I'm going to say the quote again, and I want just, just like to like let it reverberate. If you bring forth what is within you, what you bring forth will save you. If you do not bring forth what is within you, what you do not bring forth will destroy you. Damn. To me, this is this is so next level, and it's it's such a big reminder of the responsibility of the gifts and talents and things that have been placed in your vortex. There are thousands of people right now that only can hear from you or me or the person listening to this podcast. And so it's our duty, it's our job to step forward, to give our gifts um, in such a way that, that people find hope, you know, and, and, and understand that there's light at the end of the tunnel, especially now. And so that's one of the things that's been really lighting me up. Um, and also uh, in conversations with God, and I'll never forget reading this. I read this about seven years ago, and it's stayed with me forever. And it's still, I still think about it all the time. Uh, he said, um, you cannot have what you want, but you may experience what you have. And so every day I'm asking myself, what do I have? If I can't have what I want, right? What, what do I have right now? What's That's true? Very powerful. What's a fact about my life? Oh, and and, and when I begin to do that, I, I begin to see that all my needs are met. And when I operate from all needs met, I become a beacon, a lighthouse for other people to see that the, all their needs are met as well. Yeah, and I think um, the first quote is also like very powerful. So basically, like my interpretation of it is that um, you should live your truth and mm -hmm. don't try suppress it because i think a lot of people mm -hmm. they want to do certain things they want to be in a certain career or they want to be in a certain relationships or they want to get out of a certain relationship mm -hmm. but um 
they don't really uh, put the first uh, or, or do the first step, if, if this makes sense. So Yes. Yep. And then the, the craziest part is, is that after you take that first step, which is powerful and amazing and liberating, there's 20 million other steps that need to be taken. And every time you don't take that step, it destroys you. Every time I don't listen to my intuition, every time I, I ignore or suppress my heart, what my soul is asking of me, I remind people all the time we are at our most powerful at our most powerful, when all three are aligned, body, mind, and soul. Because the body can have one conversation while the mind is having another, while the soul is having another. When all three of those are aligned in one direction, mm -hmm. that is when we are manifesting at our highest levels. And so the way to align oneself, to get um, back into wholeness, that's what integrity means to be integral whole like a whole number right it's congruency with what i say and what i live and it's alignment with my mission in life because once again my belief is that we all have one purpose that purpose to, is to reflect and reveal god's love to be the living embodiment of god's love in whatever way that looks and to me god is only a yes button it says yes to Hitler, just like it says yes to Preston. It says yes to all of it. It doesn't the have- Good and bad, right and wrong. Yep, yep. Because <laughs> there is no right and wrong. There is no right and wrong. Mm -hmm. and, and I know somebody right now is saying, well, what about sex trafficking? Well, that is still subjective. It's all relative. I think it's bad and wrong because I have a human personality, but God is not a human. God doesn't have a dick or a vagina. God is spirit. <laughs> yeah, and I think um, this is like a really, really important step for everyone who is listening to this uh, a really important concept to understand because I, I also believe that there's no right or wrong, good or bad. You should have to do this. You must do this. Because um, I think a lot of people, especially like in my age, in their early 20s or mid-20s, they get sidetracked by society, by the social media gurus mm -hmm. that are uh, always telling them, that they have to do certain things that they shouldn't be doing other certain things and um i think it's so sad that a lot of people get sidetracked because they don't listen to their inner voice so uh yep thousand percent man uh i teach that first thought is usually the most powerful thought and i'll sort of break that down a little bit so usually and i'll give it in the scenario of are you single hardy uh yes Okay, so let's say <laughs> let's say you're walking down the street, right? You're walking down the street and you see this beautiful girl. And the first thought is, wow, she's gorgeous. I should tell her that I love her, the way she curled her hair, right? That's the first thought. The second thought is probably, yeah, but she's walking really fast. <laughs> True. The third thought is, yo, uh, I didn't really brush my teeth well enough today. <laughs> Fourth thought is, what if she don't like black dudes, man? Like, you know, I don't want, right? Now, yeah, yeah. by the time we get to the 20th thought, she's already she's gone. gone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. So that is the breakdown. First thought is usually telling the truth. All the other thoughts are the ones that are trying to talk us out of what is most congruent with uh, our soul's calling. Mm. But why do you think 
um, I think a lot of people have heard those kind of messages. And I think they are like really, really important to understand. Mm. But most of us, we still have a hard time to implement them in our own lives. Yep. Like That's approaching big. the girls we want to approach, like yep. um, doing doing the right things, quote unquote. Well, okay, let's go back to it. No right things, but yes. <laughs> and That's why I said quote unquote. I <laughs> uh, got you, got you. Yes. Yeah, so here's what I'll say. The reason why most people have a hard time with that is because they're re not recognizing or not building the muscle because all it is is a muscle. Everything is based off of experience and practice. So if I keep practicing and here's the key part, I practice and then I acknowledge and celebrate that I just did that. So for instance, if I say, oh, I want to get better at listening to my intuition, to my gut, because remember there's three centers of intelligence, head, heart, gut. Most people walk around and they only listen to the mind while the heart has its own frequency and its own conversation and the gut, the body, right? This is, it's a living library. This thing is packed with knowledge and yet we don't listen to it. Yeah. And so what I tend to tell my clients to do is practice with things that you have deemed small. Now, going back to it, the universe, God, Buddha, Allah, Krishna, Jesus does not understand big or small. It doesn't play in big and small. An ant and an elephant are both God to God. If that makes any sense. Now, but for, for the human personality, instead of it being the girl, you practice with um, the person at your job that sits next to you and smacks their gum really loud, right? If first thought is, hey, just tell Tammy that her smacking that gum makes everybody hate her. No one's telling her. My first thought is to tell her. My second thought is, oh, I don't want to piss her off. My third thought is, oh, well, what if she t calls HR on me? Or what if she tells about how I eat my Cheetos um, in the bathroom during the break? And so now it begins this whole thing, right? So we use a moment like that to set ourselves up for the moment with the girl on the street or the moment with, you know, whatever it is. Because there is no big or small. It's just practice. The moment we get the muscle memory in there and the body understands that it can do this and it won't die, because that's what it's all about. Everybody, not everybody, a lot of people are control freaks. We want to control everything so that we don't get hurt. And so once we figure, and it's the ego, it's the ego trick, uh, the wounded ego, because there's the higher self and there's the wounded ego. Most people are operated from their wounded ego. They run what around like by that. So them being called a faggot or fat or your lips are too big or your nose is this or whatever the case may be when they were six years old or the molestation or that uncle that touched their booty or whatever it is, those things or just their sister being pretty, those things play out for the rest of people's lives unless they have somebody or an intervention or something happen where they wake up to the truth of their being. Unless they, until they wake up to who they really are, which is God manifest. The rest, because all of society is trying to tell us that we're not good enough, that we're not smart enough, that we're not pretty enough, that we're not tall enough, that we're too tall, we're too short, we're too fat, our dicks aren't long enough, X, Y, and Z, your pussy lips aren't the way they should be. All of these things, we've been bombarded with 
all kinds of messages. Yeah. And so the reason why I'm in the position that I'm in is, is I program myself more than society programs me. And Very I, I recognize. I think everyone should listen to this like 10 times now. <laughs> <laughs> Very powerful stuff. Very powerful. No, real talk, man. Yeah. Um, I can tell. <laughs> Very powerful. Yeah. Um, Preston, at the at the end, I always ask five questions to every guest. But um, before I ask those five questions, could you please tell everyone like your best quote unquote life advice? Like, what would you tell to everyone who is listening to this right now? Hmm. Um. I think that. It's a quote, and I may butcher this, but I'm, I think I got it. I read it in a book called The Science of Mind uh, eight years ago. And the quote is, to get your, um, your questions answered and your answers questioned. That, to me, is the best advice I could give anybody. Because the first layer is, hey, is the sky blue? The answer comes back, yes. To, to, to look at that answer and go, but is that true? Is the, is the space where most people never go. People telling us all kinds of stuff about us all day, every day. And you, we take those answers at face value. I dare you to look again and ask, is that a fact or is that an opinion? Because if it's an opinion, it can go back to the nothingness from which it came from. Preston, <laughs> yeah, such a great guy. Could you please tell everyone where they can connect with you on the social webs and work with you and buy your books and so on and so forth? All of the above is at PrestonSmiles.com or at PrestonSmiles on social media across the board. Got it. So um, the first out of the five question is, um, what are the three books that had the greatest influence on your life? Conversations with God, Love Louder by Preston Smiles, <laughs> and hmm. Hmm. Science of Mind by Ernest Holmes. Got it. No guest out of my 300 mentioned his own book so far. So I, <laughs> I have to give you that. <laughs> yep. That shit had a huge Come impact there. on me. Huge Come impact. Uh, so uh, the second question is, uh, what are the three movies that you have enjoyed the most? Mm, um, I'd say uh, Malcolm X. Yeah. Great movie. Also a great book, I would say. Amazing book. Actually, I replace uh, Science of Mind with, with Malcolm X. That that blew me away. It changed my whole life. That book changed which, my whole life. Which, which, which one? So I'll take Science of Mind out and put Malcolm X, okay. the autobiography. Mm -hmm. That changed my whole life. Um, yeah, Malcolm X. Um, hmm. Uh, Anchorman. <laughs> And um, coming to America. Got it. 
<laughs> yeah. um, the third question is, uh, what is the most useful product or service that you have bought in recent memory? Mm, useful. Useful. Um, I think that this computer that I'm holding is just so useful. Like my whole career, I'm, I have a million dollar business that's ran from this computer and my phone. Um, and, you know, I'm in my office right now. What, what, like, what are you using? Like a MacBook? Or? Yep, MacBook Pro. It doesn't matter what kind of computer yeah. it is. It's just investing in things of that nature. Um, it's just such a game changer. So a computer. Yeah. <laughs> the fourth question out of the five is, um, what are the, the most important revelations that you've had in the last couple of years? And we had some guests who shared something deeply personal about their yeah. career, family life. So speak to anything you feel comfortable sharing with us today. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that, and this goes back to life advice as well. It's that there's, when I was in my 20s and even, even my early 30s, because um, I'm 40, uh, I used to think that life was black and white. And... Uh, One of the biggest rev revelations I've had uh, as of the last year is just that there's so much gray. There's so many tones of gray. And, and it reminds me to drop my ideas about being right. Because right is the most dangerous drug on the planet. Thinking that we are right gets us in more trouble than anything else. And so me understanding that there's a lot of gray area has really just helped me Uh, forgive people, love on my dad, be create relationships and build bridges where I would have built freaking walls. Um, and it's just changed how I view people. Like I see everybody as somebody's baby. And, and when I look at my kids, I think oh, somebody loves some there, this person, just like how I love my kids. <laughs> so um, the last question for the day is what would you tell Yeah, 20 year old self. Mm. Yeah, I, I tell them to make more mistakes, to have more fun, to go to go bigger, go bigger, go have, go wild, go have a bunch of sex, go do everything you want to <laughs> do. Uh, so I was trying to be perfect. I was trying to be a good Christian boy and, uh, and living from somebody else's rules and, and ideas and values when the reality is, is that my intuition knew exactly what it needed to do and yet I, I suppressed and denied those aspects of myself um, because I didn't want to be bad in the eyes of humanity. Very powerful stuff. So, um, brother, thank you so much for the episode. Thank you so much for your positive energy. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed talking to you. So thank you so much for this episode. For sure. For sure. <laughs> blessings and blessings. <laughs> See ya. Peace.